0: <laughs> and,
1: and so he said it's coming home and, and I and I said and I said what is and he said the man the man who follows me through the streets the man who smells my every movement and documents my every fear The man who longs for me to die but won't let me live. The man in the golden
0: coat. Oh, Owen Jones. Yeah. (laughs) Uh... No, I like Owen Jones. Yeah, I... I yeah. <laughs> it's same. just... Same. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he, he's Coldplay. Yes, like, it's yeah. fair game to take yeah. the piss, even if you're on a site. Yeah, so, it's okay. there you go. Um, he's, he's at his self-deprecating moments. Uh, hello! hello <laughs> Hello, 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 hello. Hi. Um, Hi. England, eh? England, England. Oh, England. What a shithole. Uh... <laughs> You know, it's funny, We're, we're uh, this is how out of touch with Euro
1: 2020 we are, we're recording this making a, what we consider topical joke on Monday morning about the 4-0 result from Saturday night. Oh, was it 4-0? 4-0. Jesus. And, I didn't even watch it. And yet. Oh, um, give a fuck. And yet. There's probably a game between now and this episode coming out which could completely change everything. So us going, it's coming home at the top actually make some people really upset.
0: It's home income, it's home income, income. It's, it's homing. It's all, all in home. my eyes, oh. it's home income. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Big Damn Cast. Hey. Um,
1: Despite what you just heard, nerdy news, geeky yeah. gossip, pop culture shit that's here to distract you uh, before so the inevitable second apocalypse... Uh, we're still recovering from the first one to the point where
0: <laughs> Tell them what happened just before we started doing the actual show. So yeah, we we <laughs> so when we've been recording this set because now we're recording it together again. Listen, uh, when we've been I'm touching him. Oh don't touch oh, me. Oh, 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 oh it's home income. <laughs> 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 um, so what we've gotten into the habit of doing, because we've been recording it separately and I've been editing, them together, editing the audio together, is we'll just do a little, like, couple of minutes preamble before we actually start the show, which I will then sync up, that used to help sync up and, and chop out of the final podcast. So we've just been recording for, like, two minutes, talk, talking shit, and then I'm going to do the time dot is to sync. Yes, we've got a stopwatch, as it were. Yeah, and, and I realise we don't need to. And then I just kept doing it. <laughs> so I've just started... It's just the habits, the habits that we've got into, the habits that I, Matthew Geronius Watson... so
1: you your intro this Yeah, week?
0: and he... Chris Bartholomew Johnson. Yeah, have gotten into over these over this last year and a bit of recording in isolation. It's mad, isn't it? Which we'll probably have to go back to at some point because look oh, yeah. at the way we're handling it. Um <laughs> I mean, also just—I mean, also just like scheduling and jobs and work and things like that. I mean, yeah. who,
1: who knows when one of us is going to get a bloody uh, isolation alert that's like proper serious? And we have to. It's like, oh
0: Christ, I guess we're stuck in at home. Again, yeah, you know? yeah. I—I a did, I did near scare with that week before last, which was bloody horrible and ridiculous. Oh, we had a near scare this weekend, which meant that I had to sleep at my parents on Friday. But I'll tell you about that later. Ah, oh. uh, <laughs> completely we, forgot to tell you so about that. Say near scare that meant you had to sleep at your parents. Do you mean
1: you like uh, you pulled a horrible Halloween-style prank on Keith? Yeah, to kick me out. Uh, no, no.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you i tell you about that. I completely forgot to tell you about that. Right. Um, but I also completely forgot to tell you about the emails that we've got. Oh, oh. segue
1: into content. We're bringing you content. Look, Daddy made you some Segway. content. <laughs>
0: Open wide. Um, um. Uh, yeah, so we're I'm, I'm, I'm doing them at the start of the show this week because. We missed some, so. And um, we can. It's, just, it's our show. We it's can do the we world want. we live in. It's the hands we're given. Use them.
1: Let's start trying to make this uh, quick read the emails.
0: Quick. Uh so the place we got... where... Oh thank God. First one comes in from Ian. <laughs> hey Ian. Pressing question from Ian. Oh shit biscuits. When's Charlie coming back? Charlie never left.
1: <laughs> Charlie. won't here. hear from him again. Yeah, we just don't let him talk <laughs> during recordings normally. <laughs> yeah, we had a lovely um, res- we had a lovely response for the anniversary episode. It's it's um and it do you know what blew my mind? We it just felt like the natural way to celebrate, didn't it, this time? Was to let's do another yeah, live one and go out like on camera and everything. Um, Let's do
0: a live one. Let's do a live, live big old live Publian episode. Let's do a live Tyler on. episode. <laughs> <laughs> we to talk about Aerosmith music videos, Lord of the Rings, and Armageddon, <laughs> and parental disownership, and how it's really unhealthy in the public eye, mm-hmm.
1: the public sphere. Um, uh, but yeah, we uh, doing it live. Just felt like a natural thing to do after the year we've had, and the fact that we all could, and the fact that you know. Uh, us and our guests were all half vaxxed so it was well. You were fully vaxxed, by that time, yeah. right? so it was like let's let's get together, let's do this. Um, it Felt like the natural way to go, but it made me realise. Oh my god, it's been three years since the second anniversary, yeah. which was the last time we did one like that. Well, that's
0: how that's how it. That's why it's the fifth anniversary. That's how maths works, mate. I know. It, <laughs> it,
1: it really made me realise how much time has passed, especially this last year. Like it really weirded me out. Yeah, it, the fourth feels... anniversary was done in lockdown, so. What's our unique angle this time? Just get fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Just get really drunk.
0: Why not? we stuck f- at home. The fourth. The fourth. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, the. the, the I've forgotten what I was saying. Fourth anniversary. Drunken Rhythm recording anniversary. fifth anniversary on camera. Uh, oh yeah, it feels like it's been no time at all, and also several decades. Yeah,
1: you, you you just before this recording, well as it started, you were saying like, why are we doing the sync up? Like yeah, and then you said it's been a, it's doing it for a year and a half as sort of it's become a habit yeah. now for making this show. And as soon as you said that, it hit me. I was like, yeah, if it like me sat here right now with you recording the show, feels like we were doing it three week ago, four week ago, five week ago. We've not we've not stopped doing it this way. And yet, no, there's this pocket dimension where for a year and a half we were separated by like distance screens, Skype, because we're the ones who are still using Skype.
0: Differing opinions on the Middle East. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, to answer your question, Ian. is <laughs> still here and we'll allow him one word. Charlie, what do you think of it so far? Right. there oh,
0: we go there, there we is. go yeah 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 uh, get back in your bag. This one comes in this is this is a this is a lengthy one this is a girthy one. Well, of a girthy coming in from Jack says says hello once again my big boys. Mm. Mm. See when someone misses out the dam it sounds filthier. As well my, it
1: should my big boys um, I have
0: done it <gasps> congratulations. Or is it like I've done it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the oh, next oh, sentence no. is I've committed a murder. Uh, I did a bad <laughs> murder. Uh, I have caught back up to the pod. That's oh, like. Oh, so ah. it could be. It could be. I've done it. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> uh, who knows? Um, I've watched eight months with a Big Damming in the space of two and a half weeks. Jesus. Holy shit! Biscuits on a big old barrel full of McVitie drool. Uh, I don't quite know how I how, but I did. I don't know how. Jeez. Anyway, onto the actual email, including some Doctor Who stuff, maybe. Does that mean Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, are gonna to have to reluctantly
1: answer some Doctor Who questions? Uh possibly. I shall brace myself for impact. But first! Two minutes to Belgium. <laughs> two
0: minutes to, to Belgium! Belgium! Sorry, what? Doesn't what, quite, what, doesn't quite what, ring. I your the camera. No, he's just gonna can go can't. back to his blanket, he'll be fine. Um <laughs> In my younger years, I was absolutely obsessed with the Nostalgia Critic, Angry Video Game Nerd, mm. and most of the, that I with the glasses, Slash Channel Awesome creators. However, the Nostalgia Critic just doesn't do anything for me anymore, especially when there's so much better media criticism <sighs> out there. A whole lot of it by former colleagues and collaborators. Yeah. And of course, the whole Channel Not So Awesome scandal pulls the whole production down, as well as Doug Walker's ego. Mm. In a discussion about media... You've outgrown a few weeks ago. Chris mentioned a similar feeling. Care to expand? I don't know what there is to expand on, really. I think... um, I mean, if if
1: they're talking about in terms of Channel Awesome and and rooka Doug Walker, essentially, uh, I I discovered them in, like, um, 2012, 2013, when I was, you know, living in a flat with no proper television connection, really, at all, and Mm. semi-decent Wi-Fi. So, like, finding stuff to just sort of stick on a playlist in the bath... Was a was was sort of my priority in terms of online entertainment, and and that was I was late to the game. That was when I sort of discovered Nostalgia Critic. I was like, and oh, that's kind of funny. You isn't? could only do so much Pornhub. True. Well, you say that. <laughs> There's always more. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 you know, uh, I just turned Safe Search off. So I, uh, which is ironic <laughs> that they even have that. So <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I don't so, want my searches to be safe. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> I want my search to be dirty. I know what
1: I want. <laughs> So I, I that's where I kind of got into it, and it's just that short form, ten minute, you know, slightly piss takey, wacky skits, Looney Tune logic.
0: I'm sorry, did you just tear the handle off your cup? <laughs> no, that had already come off before, <laughs> and I guess the glue wasn't so good, which is why I'm mainly holding it by that side, and then I just pulled, the, <laughs> I just pulled its ear off. Matt's holding it. Matt's holding
1: a, a, a bee a colored mug with two handles that shaped like wings. And one of them just tore off in his hand like some form of as Guardian celebratory moment of revelry leading to the smashing of cups.
0: It had already previously broken and been repaired, but I guess the bond wasn't as solid as I thought it was. (laughs) But enough about our relationship, right? I'm just going to put that handle down. This is Valhalla
1: levels of thingy except. It's not growing back magically and refilling with mead. No, I'm going to super glue that. Uh, we'll see. That was really weird. Anyway, oh yeah, so like that kind of content was just—it was tasty and fun and ridiculous—and it did what it needed well, to do nice. for me. Uh, and then I kind of grew out of it a little bit anyway. And then years later, sort of went back to look into it and saw that they would turned it into this weird, uh, like basically they wanted to in terms of like what makes their content, that guy with the glasses and nostalgia critic team so boring. Yeah. Because they clearly wanted to they want to make a comedy show. They had a go at it with a show called Demo Reel.
0: Yeah. It was painfully bad. There's a there's a great YouTube video about the sort of history of Demo Reel. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah. Um It compares diamond, it an awful lot to anime as well in terms of its sort of was it was it um Evangelion? It sort of compares it to that a lot in terms of how yeah. it breaks it down. And in a way we're like, where are you going with this? And then you're like, oh Uh, Oh right, okay, (laughs) fair enough. And it's clear that they're just—they're not good at this. Like they—they have talent as a team. They have talent. No, no, no. Like, but their talents are mostly functional.
0: Yeah, I think Doug Walker's not creative. Doug Walker's talents are not where uh, they—he thinks they are.
1: Yeah, like they. Yeah. (laughs) If someone in the local Chicago area wanted to make a film and they also had their own director, they could hire this team. Yeah. And it would help them make their film. (laughs)
0: But, but like,
1: not. don't let this team make the film or direct because every shot will be from a fucking one and a half meter tall tripod looking up. Um, just no, thank you. Uh, and and the problem is the late nostalgia critic is just that. It, like it's it's just that exact same style, which is really yeah. There's no there's no legit criticism. There's no decent observations.
0: Uh, it's all in service. Of a joke that isn't worth your time. Case in point, the incredibly self-indulgent. Um, the wall. The wall. Yeah. Quote unquote review. Yeah. Uh, which I have not seen all of, but you watched. You watched. Um, oh Jesus! Uh, Dan uh, Olson is that his name? Yeah, I think Falling I, did. I ideas. think it was Dan Olsen's Yeah, yeah. His his, his what was, where was it called? Comfortably dug. Comfortably dug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a great like, analysis of it. Wow, that the whole trial sequence with all those fucking weird CGI furry cat. What the fuck is that? Oh, I Just, don't know. yeah, hmm. it, it's
1: oh the whole thing. And I love the fact that in it is he's like, I I have to be the I have to be the unique person here and say, no, they're not good. No, <laughs> like, I mean, they're not good. They're not. A lot of people praise the that part of the review and say, well, at least that's creative. It's like creative, yes, good, no, no, <laughs> like not at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. That, that that was part of why I grew out of all that initially. And it's very easy to not want to ever go back to it now, of course, after the whole change of the channel stuff. Yeah. Because it's just like, wow, you 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 covered up like abusers and yeah. you had some working at top levels and
0: And also a lot of the humour
1: is kind of punching down. Yeah, so much of it is just yeah, that. Yeah. So much just, of it is just uh, that. Funny. Or
0: or loud equals funny. Yeah. And it's like that's not that's not funny. It's like loud, angry, man It's like, and I'm kind of in this, not not quite the, the same place because I think it is more legit criticism. But like with with the red Letter media stuff, like the half in the bag stuff, I just can't watch anymore because it's just so much of Mike being fucking miserable. He, and it's not he has, that I, he has
1: picked up, but like I I wouldn't say rush back to it. No, I, I'd I'd recommend I for me now with red light media, I I don't tend to bother with half in the bag. No, I might watch review. Yeah, reviews can be good, and I'll jump into a best of the worst because um, nine times out of ten, something from that makes me really chuckle. But yes. like, yeah, half in the back. I know what you mean. There was like a three-year stretch where just... Mike Sorkaster was just so down yeah. in every possible way, and not in like a. God, I hope he's all right. As in a, why are you like this on camera? Why are you like? like yeah. Why is this the attitude you're bringing to your comedy film show? Like, yeah, what is
0: going on? But yeah. also, also, I think it is legit criticism, and it's not that. I don't wanna see legit criticism of things I like. It's just it felt contrarian for the sake of it sometimes. Mm. Um, which I which I'm always kind of wary of. Because like I do, you know, respect the work of film critics who don't like all the things I like, case in point. Uh, people like Lindsay Ellis who don't really rate the Marvel movies and don't like the two thousand and five War of the Worlds, which is great. And you know, it's pretty, like it pretty good. It, it ain't the book, and I'd like it to the see. Book. I'd like to see, but it is good. That team make the um, book, but it's pretty damn yeah, it's great. Good. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot better than BBC One. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I do follow creators' works. Who, you know, I don't agree with. It's just mm. that, that there's something about the attitude that that RLM bring to some of their criticism that I just sours me on it. Like I can't watch the Plinket stuff. The, the plinket stuff. Oh, I, I cannot watch it. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. It just feels so. There's something gross about it. I can't quite. I mean, I mean, there's, obvi-
1: there's obviously stuff that they've made gross and post, but you're talking about yeah. that, What what you come away from it feeling? Yeah,
0: it just like. Ooh,
1: and uh, and part of that as well is like how analytical you are as, as a consumer of, of media is like you yeah. you, can, you can feel what's behind the decisions that have been made to make it yeah. way it's been made. Um, it's for me the plinket stuff is almost more like it is almost more enjoyable when the focus is on just discussing a film and then dispersing it with this weird storyline about like a kid oh, yeah, yeah. that's more enjoyable because at least then I'm like you've you've taken your time to make this as bizarrely expanded and creative as possible when ultimately what you're doing is just like prequels are a little bit shit, aren't they yeah right, you know and, and I think I think the last one of theirs I enjoyed the last plinket I enjoyed was the force awakens review because it wasn't a force awakens review for the first Two uh two thirds. Mm. It's it's an examination of the fan culture's belief in the ring theory, and I just it was the most like sort of digestible and interesting take on that I'd ever seen. Mm. And I actually understood it by
0: the end. I was like, okay, well, I think fair enough. I think as well, like sort of online discourse <laughs> taking such a negative bent. Yeah, because I mean, one of because those one of the reasons why our bloody like video series is called Big Damn Love yeah. because we
1: were like, let's. If we're going to make stuff on camera, let's just talk about shit we like.
0: Yeah, cuz there's so much negativity. <laughs> yeah. around things. It's just exhausting. Like I don't want to watch someone and it's become really popular though. Mm. Like this idea of just shitting on something for an hour and a half. But you know what made um, it popular in the first place? What Doug made it, Elgin? F- fucking door? Yeah. So it's,
1: it's and James Rolfe, but James Rolfe's playing a very obvious character. And there is yeah. there is an absolute like separation of
0: him and the angry video game nerd. Like and they're it's very just... much like two separate things. It's not that I don't want to see negative criticism of things. It's just that I don't. I'd rather see constructive criticism yeah. than negative criticism. I don't want to. I just don't want to see people going, "Oh, this thing is terrible," mm. without actually really delving into why it's terrible. They're just like, "Oh, thing bad." Um, uh, uh, movie Bob, um, really that good series.
1: He did one really that bad and took forever on it. Yeah, and it, it's like five, six hours long in total in three separate parts about Batman v Superman. And when I first realized that, I was like, "Oh, what I like about really that good is it's kind of." a great examination of the makings of these movies. Yeah. Is this going to be really depressing? And then I watched it and I was like, no, actually the whole thing was this brilliant like video essay deconstruction of why things didn't work thematically and this, that, and the other. He's not just taking a shit on it. If you want that, go watch his like six minute long Pixels review. (laughs) Which is, again, brilliantly written, but it's six minutes of your life and then you move on with your life. Yeah. It's it's not years of, yeah. So it's, it's just yeah
0: anyway press the an email um, oh, there's more emails to come um,
1: Doctor Who stuff now oh my god Mad and Chris to life on Doctor Who fans reluctantly answer a Doctor Who question
0: and it is which Kang team would you be on Red Kang uh, obviously <laughs> come on. Uh, build high for happiness um, I'm the last survivor of the yellow kind. Um me and my girlfriend uh, Chloe have been watching through New Who and we've just finished series New-hoo. 9 sorry I, do. Um, I used to dislike loud equals funny <laughs> loud does equal funny as we've learned from Doug Walker um, I, I watched Lele dis- Pons masterclass and now I'm loud and that God, means I'm he's, funny. Just, he's just got a face and i punch it anyway um, <laughs> I used to dislike series 8 and 9 but on rewatch I actually quite enjoy a lot of it oh fair enough Hellbent is still all over the place first half great uh, Chloe didn't pick up on the hybrid thing, which to be fair, neither did I on my first watch. But she didn't miss much. Let's be honest. I mean, the hybrid stuff makes no sense anyway.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's, it's very awkwardly delivered. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's also the fact that it's like set up in episode uh, episode two as like this is the arc for this year. Yeah, and and then basically just people occasionally say like a hybrid, and then at the end of the series, it's like yeah, you two. You're the hybrid that will destroy Gallifrey. Sorry. That's stuck. Really? what a
0: hybrid is. Really? um I'm Pretty sure the Master goes and destroys it later yeah. on, but sure. Okay. Not sure. Is the Master the Master's been the hybrid all along? It was Master um,
1: all along.
0: Um that meme's still fresh. Still mm. fresh memes. It's as
1: fresh as a um. As a as a as a motorway
0: service station sausage roll is at six thirty pm. Yes, oh Fucking yeah, hell. Um, <laughs> looking forward to watching series ten with it, which one of my favourites. Series ten, apart from the Monk trilogy, is actually pretty strong. Take out the
1: Monk trilogy. It's,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a it's a damn it's um, a damn. It's a shame to. that they spent like a third of that series on those on that really dumb arc. But hey, what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> what? Well, it started out. Great. Like, what the hell is he looking at? What? Oh, this is why he set up
1: here. There's something in the basement. Yeah, like what is it? It was a great idea, but then yeah, it's just so sort of like, oh, it's
0: Missy. Oh, right, okay. No, why doing that again? <laughs> oh, because Stephen Moffat likes Michelle Gomez. Um, <laughs> and she is great. Yes.
1: Just, just, just like weirdly written.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen Moffat, keep your kinks out of your writing. Um, <laughs> Too late. Oh no! Too late. <laughs> Along the way I've been watching McCoy's last series with Chloe tagging along but hasn't been as engaged well can't really blame her how I love it however ghost light
1: <laughs> oh that's we want I I adore Ghostlight. I adore
0: Ghostlight. But if you want
1: to talk about, like, what
0: the fuck are they doing? Ghostlight. Well, indeed, because (laughs) um, I imagine if I stayed awake during the middle of Ghostlight, I would would have understood what on earth was going on. No, No, you wouldn't have. Definitely wouldn't have. You would not have. I didn't, though, and so I woke up, and there's a spaceship in the basement, weird bug creatures, a glory dude who's anti-evolution, and the whole thing feels very Rocky Horror. It does feel a bit Rocky Horror, doesn't it? Yeah, it feel it feels like, and I say this completely
1: as a compliment. It feels like a regional theatre amateur dramatics uh, performance of the Rocky Horror Show. Oh, I say that as a compliment. Like that's the vibe it gives yeah. off. It's a lot of fun and it's ridiculous, but then suddenly, like an eternal, just shows up yeah. toward the end for this for the, like the last third, and suddenly it's like, wait, this guy can make me with a touch. Like what is I happening? Love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, <laughs> this guy who looks like Peter Cook.
0: Covered in flour. This was Chloe's first classic classic who story. Oh boy, was she confused. What a fucking baptism of fire. You're starting up with ghost light. I love ghost light, but oof. (laughs) Um, So to conclude, what classic stories would you suggest for me and Chloe to watch next? Now we're done with the end of the classic series. Uh, Sorry for the very, very long email. It's better than Doug Walker's. Yeah, it's true. It's very, very true. Uh, uh, right, so. So you've watched all of McCoy's last series. So you've seen, what? Battlefield, which is fine. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Ghostlight, which I love, but it's completely baffling because it should have been four episodes long and ended up being cut down to three. That shit mental. Uh, it's just... I, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. It doesn't make any sense. Curse of Fenric? Curse of Fenric is a stone cold classic, mm. and um, bizarre last episode because it's sort of like you kind of have
1: to remember what Ace has been through and everything yeah. in that last one. For it yeah, to, you kind of to have to work. watch.
0: You kind of have to watch season twenty six in order. Yeah, uh, and then survival sort of caps it all off um, with a
1: nice, like neat, simple story. Yeah. It just works really and it just, well.
0: It's one of those things that so, Season 26 is interesting because it is the blueprint for what would become New Who. Mm. Because it's got a companion character arc and you know a bit more depth to the character of the doctor and an anchoring of a home yeah. environment of sorts. Yes. And 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 like people she knows back on earth. Yeah. So yeah. I, I it's I think it's I think it's a pretty strong season actually mm. to to start with just yeah but Ghost Light is baffling. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> I
0: do enjoy it though. Um, uh,
1: I mean, my go-to is always if it's someone's like I want to try a classic. Who my go-to is always Spearhead from Space. Spearhead from Space because it's just uh, it 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 works, and if you like the setup,
0: you can then just carry on. Tomba's first season, season twelve. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Clunky. Yeah, special don't, effects maybe don't,
1: aside, maybe don't start with robot. If you want to, if you want to pick one to begin with, maybe watch uh, either Ark in Space, Ark in Space, or yeah, or Genesis of the Daleks. Because no, like, Ark if in you're space. familiar with the show, like that would be a oh, so here's here's the here's the original series like take on the Daleks and what what they mean, and and it holds them away from you as well long enough that you kind of want to see them in action.
0: But also, I think that and I, you never really do. No. <laughs> But Can arc, you learn about creepy fascists and mutated Nazis. Ark, Suntaran Experiment, Genesis, and Revenge of the Cybermen all form a nice little arc. And if you're going well, to, you're going to commit to that, yeah, watch, so robot, just, as just well. watch robot as well. <laughs> it's a regeneration story, and yeah, it's got some clunky special effects, but it's actually pretty decent. And it's you know it's got a a a, a robot with a fucking um uh electro yeah. like a universe complex, and uh, fucking. Uh, it turns giant. It's got uh, Professor Kettlewell on his Professor hair. Professor Kettlewell's hair. It's got fascists, <laughs> uh, science, scientists, fascists. Uh, Sarah
1: Jane using uh, her journalism to do shit and a womanly while the Doctor fuss around in um, different
0: outfits in a room. It's it,
1: yeah. It's got that skipping sequence.
0: Oh my god! The skipping god. sequence. It's got Harry Sullivan is an imbecile that, en- that, entire, that well, entire you won't find, find that out until the end of yeah. the season there's your arc that entire season has got Harry Sullivan ba- I still Bad Wolf nah Harry nah. Sullivan is an imbecile Sarah there's Sullivan's an arc can get behind honestly I season 12 season 12 I still feel sad that that, that, that the Harry Sarah fourth TARDIS team didn't get more time Yeah, because it, it's just so strong
1: uh, Harry's apparently part of Time Fracture I've seen numerous mentions of him being part of Time Fracture and I'm like so does someone play him in it
0: Yeah that's or weird
1: is like because there's a bit of jumping around in time in it so is there is there a section of an older unit maybe because the Titan comics again not necessarily canon but the Titan comics have set up that um in the brigadier's absence for a while uh, or I think it's immediately after his sort of initial retirement or whatever Harry's in charge for a while of unit And it sort of goes to pop. (laughs) It goes to pop for a bit because it just doesn't quite work the same way. Because Harry Sullivan is an imbecile. He is. It's in a nice Um, story where a little kid can create kaiju with his mind by accident and he thinks he's playing games there are kaiju like bursting out of rivers in wales and things like that. It's pretty great. Love it. Um, absolutely
0: love it. Uh any any anyway, like uh, Space from Space. Spare from uh, Space the the f- 12. The 5 Doctors if you want something daft and accessible. It is very daft. It's yeah. quite accessible. It's very
1: daft. And also it's it's, it's easier to digest because it's a movie. It's just it's just like just over 2 hours and then you're done.
0: But if you're not familiar with it, if you're not familiar with the classic series, it can lead you down a of wiki hole because you're like, "Oh, who's that?" Person, or who's that person? I think I think mostly who's that I think person?
1: mostly the companions might confuse you. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But,
0: but I think you get enough
1: of a gist just from how the doctors react to them. Plus, you get to sample a few different doctors, and then if you like them, that's who you can pick next if you want to go forward and, and watch an adventure. You get to sample Richard Herndl sampling pineapples. Oh uh. my God, eat! <laughs> Oh um, yeah,
0: beginning the long tradition of the first Doctor being recast multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Uh don't go back to the black and white stuff until you've got a firm A vibe for sort it. Sort of vibe for Yeah. Thing, and and stay away from longer stories, so like the rest of Pertwee's first season after Spearhead. Yeah, watch Spearhead. Um,
1: watch Spearhead, then skip to Terror of the Autons.
0: Yeah, that's a good Because then you get a nice um, you get a
1: nice little box set. Are you here's the question are you watching it on uh Blu ray DVD or are you watching it on Brit Box? Because so if you're watching on BritBox, we're not sponsored. But if they'd like to, no thanks. Uh, oh. You can uh, you can of course like jump around to your heart's content. I do want to give BritBox a go, actually. I might give do it a that spin. Like um, but if you're them on DVD, uh, gr- pop into your local HMV safely, obviously, uh, and grab the Mannequin Mania box set because that's mm. Spearhead from Space and Terror of the Autons. Yeah. So you get. Start series seven with a really basically Spirit from Space is the classic era's The Eleventh Hour. Yeah, it's just a really strong opening story for a doctor who's like coming to terms with who they are. It's set in a mostly an English countryside village like setting. Uh, a a village hospital plays a big role in what's going on. Yeah, um, the doctor in both stories gets his costume by just nicking clothes from a hospital's hospital worker's locker. Yeah, um. God, hour has got a lot of homages to Spirit from Space in it, doesn't it? I One realize. might think it's almost deliberate. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then uh, and then Man- uh, Terror of the Autons is the Series 8 opener, which gives you Joe Grant, um, more Autons, and the introduction of the Master. Mortons. So, Mortons. <laughs> Rick and Mortons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we'll get to that. Morty, um, you're, you're an Auton. So oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, fifth... I thought I was a decoy.
0: <laughs> Fifth, sixth, and a lot of seventh can be a bit up and down. So don't dive into that stuff until you've, like I say, got a vibe for it. Same with it. Stick around. The stick se- around. The seventh is probably the most palatable yeah. era for a newcomer. Pertwee and, and like the first half of Tom Baker's tenure, I think, are your sort of strongest... Uh, diving into classic Who eras. Because those are kind of the eras that made the show beloved overseas as well. Because mm. it was like the Tom Baker stuff on PBS in the oh, States. The, that, the, the, the constant circulation. Yeah, that, that really put that stuff out there. And um, yeah, so I think that's the way
1: to go. Funnily enough, I have two Blu-ray sets arriving today as well. Oh, yay! I've got, I've got the, because uh, I've, been, I've been buying the... The streamlined version of the collection. Yes. And, um, yeah, because I mean, they're not bad, say, like thirty six ninety nine. Yeah, they're not bad at all. It's not bad at all. So, so I've got um, Series 12 and Series 19, which came out last month. Yeah. And then this month, no no further releases right now, but this month, uh, today, uh, the day of recording, Fourth of July, they've brought out um, Series 18, mm. so I get to watch Tom not giving a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. And a couple of really strong stories. Uh, and a lot of other ones that I'm not that fond of, but whatever. Mm. Although, uh, then again, we're sat on a couch where, like, I think Legopolis is kind of shit. You love Legopolis. I do love Legopolis. You
0: love it for its entropy. I it. It's just so melancholy. I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, whereas I freaking love Keeper of Tracking. I think Keeper Tracking's like I think top Keeper of Tracking's fine. Time.
1: But I think that's because I really like Anthony Aynlius' Tramus.
0: Yeah, I do like and Anthony It's a great Inley's
1: performance, face. which adds to why it's such a gut punch at the end. Because you're like, no! Oh, come on, he was nice! <laughs> no, Look at that face be evil for the next, like, ten years. It's like, oh my god. Evil um, face! And then, uh, uh series ten. Yes! So, uh, three doctors and, uh... Yes! And,
0: uh, the green death. The
1: green for, so good.
0: Yeah. My first John Blu-ray set. Woo. I think Green Death was one of the first stories I watched, but it was repeated on the BBC in the early nineties. It's so good. It Green Death and Pyramids of Mars, and that one's got an alternate cut as well, hasn't it? It's like a TV movie length version where it's been like edited, was like for broadcast syndication or something. There might be. Were That's not the version I saw though, because I saw that it was like in chunks on. So Sunday mornings I want to say
1: wake up on a Sunday morning grab your
0: cereal and stare at some maggots I remember <laughs> eating listened listen to a lot of very thick
1: accented Welsh people <laughs> I, think, I think I was eating Weetos at the time <laughs> I was eating Wheatos at the time yeah, anyway. um, um, we should probably mention it real quickly Evil of the Daleks is coming out yes um, and I'm thank yes fucking Christ the animation style they've gone for is the Cosgrove Hall um, Scream of the Shalker, the Infinite Quest animation and not that CGI stuff that they've trialled for oh, excuse me uh, Web of Fear, which I think looks, yeah. uh,
0: personally, objective opinion, sorry, subjective opinion, I think it looks fucking terrible. Yeah, I've not seen the, uh, the Web of Fear stuff, but Macro Terra was alright, I thought.
1: Well, yeah, well again, because that's the Cosgrove yeah. kind of style, but, but they use like CG almost performance capture style for, for the Web of Fear episode that they've redone. I'm like, I will stick to my Telesnaps version. On choice. Thank you very much. On choice. It just looks really weird. It's, mm. like, it's like watching But Ugly Martians or Reboot. Like everyone just moves a little too much. You're like, why are you doing that? It's to show life, so they're not just static models. Yeah, but human beings do stay still sometimes. Life. It's it's, it's the Doctor Who animation equivalent of uh, the, you know, the before the fight screen on uh, Mortal Kombat or whatever. It's like everyone's bobbing up and down. <laughs> just, why are you doing that? Because well, back in the day, it was a way to show that they're living characters and not just... No, no. Mm. No, it's fine. You don't have to do that here. Pat Trouton is sat in silence thinking he doesn't have to be flailing his arms around like Cthulhu. <laughs> like he's totally fine. Just let him do his thing. <laughs> it's really, really weird. It's really, really weird. But yeah, anyway, Devil of the Daleks, um, that's coming out of it. Ooh. I'm actually I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it in as full a version that you can. Yeah, because I've Cause, never really seen it. The Evil one the episode Daleks. I've seen, the one surviving episode. It's really fun. Yeah, I hear it's really good. But like there's I, a people hold on those... in the back of this antique shop, and yeah. it touches the Victorian era where the Daleks are hatching a plan using a, a girl genius's <laughs> mind. And it's like what a great like setup. It's really creepy. Yeah, um, and
0: I, you know, people speak of those two late sixties Dalek stories really fondly. Mm. Um, I mean, it gives us it gives us our first Emperor. Yeah, like a proper chunky boy in the corner of the room. And I love power. Yeah, power's great um, because. You know, but not partly because of nostalgia, because I had the the audio narrated with the linking narration by Tom Baker on cassette as a kid, and I listened to that a lot. Is
1: that the one where he recalls? He does it in character as the Fourth Doctor, yeah. recalling an adventure he had as the Second Doctor. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I think cute. Pertwee
0: did Evil, didn't it? Possibly because they did the same thing with did Daleks, and I think that was, was either Pertwee or Colin Baker who did that one. You know, I recall a wonderful
1: time. I went back and orthodontics in the Victorian era Victorian era oh, yeah. I find I. I, 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 I that is probably a throwaway joke in the opening about me finding it hard to recall it's almost like somebody's
0: taken the memory and, uh-huh. and taped over it <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look that I'm going to look that up now Sir so, Jane do you have do you have four hours let me tell you my unabridged remembrance mm. of
1: <laughs> <laughs> very abridged of an adventure I had with a <laughs>
0: very able. with an
1: adorable Scottish
0: man in a kilt oh he's found a copy I for $11.99 this is sold Uh, it just says starring Patrick Troughton. Um I'm just I'm just so, <laughs> I'm, so all, I'm so confused it'd, it'd say on the front wouldn't it if it, if yeah. it had perfect narration. but then I but don't the know if, uh, narration oh no, no it is narrated by Tom Baker Oh. Yeah, ah. I guess he did both of them. Ah. Um, Leela. Do you have two hours at a cassette boy. player? But he only had power. So there we go. He's um, got the power. Tried reading the John Peel target novelization, It's fucking terrible. Um, is it? Is it uh, bad? John Peel is not not the DJ John Peel, obviously. Uh, well. Different John Peel, who wrote Doctor Who's novels. Not regarded as one of the strongest Doctor Who writers. Um. Mm-hmm. I've been on a Target binge lately. But he did a it's lot of the Dalek nice. stuff, like he did the Target novelizations for Power and Evil, mm. and they did the like the, the Eighth Doctor past Doctor adventure Dalek stories. Mm. The when the BBC took over the book range, so. Because yeah, uh, they didn't use them in New Adventures, did they? No, I don't think so. Um, what and the Eighth Doctor? No, the New, new Adventures, the Virgin ones. They didn't I, use the Daleks at all.
1: Oh no! Yeah, no, there was a, the whole, um, the whole alleged. Terranation Estate. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I think there's mentions of them, but yeah, they're I think never they the focus of a story. Uh, yeah. But there's never, never, never a Dalek story. So out of um, all the targets I've been reading so far as well, my favourite people to adapt the stories are Terran Sticks. He just does a really wonderful prose. Yeah. Um, and Ian Marta.
0: Like his yes. target yes. organisations are really yes, good. Yes, his, well. his are quite highly regarded. Um, my dad's got a relatively complete target collection, so I'll have to dig into what he's got.
1: Um, the next one I'm gonna read's um the the new the new prints of the new cover. Um, Eric Saywood novelisation uh, uh, novelization of
0: uh, Revelation of the Darks. Oh Eric Saywood and his bloody side man. Um, <laughs> This one comes in from Elena. Uh, <laughs> she says, Dear Christopher Eccleston and Matthew Waterhouse. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You could have been Matt Smith,
1: but you're Andrew. And Matthew
0: Waterhouse. Um, <laughs> now you'll never know if you were right. I'll <laughs> never what are we, Westworld, today? What? What? Um, for you, I have a question. The first question. The question that must never be answered. Written in plain sight. Matt and Chris, reluctantly to answer to two questions. Here do you put cream first or jam first on your afternoon scones? Uh, listen. Hey. Listen, this hey. is how you do it. Oh. It's got to be clotted cream. Sure. Got to be clotted yeah, cream. No, I'll, yeah, I'll agree. Yeah. And what you do is, what we do is, you slice a scone. No. You get yeah. Never have pre-sliced scones. No, you got sliced no, scones. Slice you got to do your dollop of jam with a little spoon. Mm-hmm. You put it on, and then you spread it around with the back with the bottom of the spoon. And then you using a different spoon, not the same spoon, because you don't want to cross-contaminate them too early. Is yeah. I'm mean, gonna yeah. get it closer to the microphone with this. What you do is you get a nice big dollop of, of thick clotted cream, and you just just sort of.
1: The gesture shlop. you're making with your hands is worrying me. Just
0: chop that on top of the jammed scone. The word And that's how help. you do it. You can't put jam on top of the cream because what you want is you want to get the sweetness of the jam into the sort of into the pastry, into the into the into the dough of the scone. The sweet, sweet bready bit of the scone. And then you want Ooh. the cream to sort of seal that in. So you're getting sort of a jam sandwich between lovely lovely fluffy scone and this thick Sweet uh, clotted cream. That's how you eat scones.
1: I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little aroused. Yeah, that's what you should be. Just a tad. Yeah, just a tad aroused.
0: Uh, do you have a do you have a, do you have a jam and cream opinion? I, t- I just think it all tastes nice, doesn't it? Who puts jam on top of the cream? Because you do a big dollop of cream, don't you? You don't you don't do you don't do a little thin spread of clotted cream. You just do a dollop. Oh. So if you put jam on top of that, your flavours are uneven. A little, zhuzh. I, yeah. I don't, I don't eat scones enough to, to have as a well, brilliant reference. So. You should eat scones more. Well, once the lockdown ends, you should go down to Devon. You should get yourself an afternoon cream tea. <laughs> what, sorry? An afternoon cream tea. <laughs> rum punch. Um, <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, but okay. Now for the real question. Uh, um, oh, sugar. What is the first comic book you remember reading? Was it good? Or was it one more day? Uh, mine was Sex Criminals at the recommendation of my housemate. Goodbye, my dears! Um, Sex Criminals is a first comic. Mm. Holy shite! P.S. Isn't the Spider-Man life story great? I'm looking forward to the rest of the Fantastic Four live story as that comes out as well. Um, I have not read Spider-Man: Life Story. I hear it's good. I have. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I hear it's really it's good. Really, and it's really um,
1: it works well as its own thing, but it's especially a treat if you know you you sort of the, the eras and events. If spidey. you
0: know your Spidey, yeah, I, I I should read some.
1: And Mark Bagley uh, other the whole thing, and oh, it's just good like old, it's good that, old beautiful, that beautiful consistency of like because like by nineties Bagley sort of seen as like classic Bagley, but like I'm sorry, late ultimate. Late two thousands, Bagley for me is like that's. Cool. By that point, it's like mate, what you're
0: doing? I like it. I am picking. I like it up a lot. What you're but, putting down,
1: and this is this is like the the sort of the perfect example of it all. Um, I think the early I'm not stuff... really Fantastic Four one, but I will do. It. Oh, it's really nice. Oh, sorry, I just remembered they're releasing a one off extra Spider-Man life story that is from the point of view of J. Jonah Jameson. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and it's just like if him through the decades, and uh, I'm like, that's great. And and is it, is it Chip Zdarsky? I <laughs> think real life story. Yeah, Starsky and Bagley have come back to do it. Yeah, but it's been released as a, as just an issue, uh, and then Life Stories getting reissued with that added into it. Oh I'm like, no. I've already got it though. A good have so, the trade, isn't it? Yeah, but what I'm going to be that. doing is I'm getting I'm going to get Marvel Unlimited and I'll just read it on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that at the minute. I'm, I'm currently going through a lot of Volume One graphic novels that I picked up for cheap or places like the yeah. works and that over the years, and I've made the mental note of if I enjoy it. I'll read the rest of Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. It's like I read yeah. Totally Awesome Hulk,
0: first volume, uh, Night Before Last. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. Plus, also. It's really dumb and brilliant. Marvel Unlimited uh, is all single issues, so it's easy at dipping and out of stuff. Yeah. I have also, um, also read the first 15 issues of Immortal Hulk. Oh, it's very good, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's brilliant. It's very good. It's fucking terrifying. Yes.
1: Especially the entire section set in what is essentially hell. Beyond the green door. Yes, it's like this is some of the most visually unnerving stuff I've ever seen. There's some really and, nasty stuff. And in three there. issues ago, a dismembered Hulk reformed around That's a man. Such a great moment. <laughs> it's so great. And I, I, last night, I started reading um, Slot's Fantastic Four. Oh yeah. And th- during that first arc, there's that bit where like Johnny finds the Hulk because everyone who's ever been in the Four has been summoned yeah. to place, and the Hulk's just like, "You didn't see me." And I'm like, why is that? <laughs> oh, it's around the time of Immortal. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course, of course. And it's like that's great. Um, yeah. I yeah, I I, sorry, <laughs> we just went
0: off. On, I think the like the first content. twelve of slots, Fantastic Four is what you read the first year or so. Yeah, because I I didn't read I didn't I've not read it up to the point where because at some point they age Valeria and Franklin up
1: even more. Because at, at the start at the start of it, read after Secret Wars, Reed and Sue and the Future Foundation have lived through what they assume is five years which has only been, like, a year for no, everyone. In, so yeah, in, in so, the so later list. on... later Because so, so, when Ben and Johnny first read out, and they're like, oh my god, like, yeah. you two are so old now! Like, you, 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 you're you young adults, So it's like, no, they're like 13. Yeah, later on, they're <laughs>
0: like proper teenagers. Oh, <laughs> okay. Teenagers, a bit more. Um, so, be I'm not right up to that bit. that be interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 like, I like what's been put down so
1: far. Yeah, I, I, I dig it. It's got... I just... I just like that... All the stuff with Ben and Alicia is just Yeah, like it's wonderful. really sweet. I'm, really I'm sweet. about to dive into issue five, the the, the oversized and the
0: wedding special. Yeah, so. it's good. It's good. It gets good. <laughs> uh, it stays good. Um, slots high on one. Not so much. Not so much fun. But it's Fantastic Four. Really good. Um, first stuff I remember reading would be probably... The Strips in Doctor Who magazine. Hmm. Um... Which would have been who by that point would have been McGann. Well, I would have been no. I'd have been reading my dad's old ones, of course. Yeah. So I would have been reading <gasps> like the 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 Dave Gibson, uh, Fourth Doctor stuff, um, the Sixth Doctor stuff with Grant Morrison, that just weird, weird period. Like those strips are re- some of those strips are really fucking good.
1: Weird period where a lot of like up and coming British comic yeah,
0: book writers, I honestly think that are about to like we're all about to blow up and make waves shortly afterwards in American comics i honestly think that modern dwm strips are not nowhere near as good as they as they used to be
1: i mean if they're around as of right now it's it's, it's been um it's on hiatus yeah like, because i i'm assuming cost reasons imagine imagine dwm without the strips well it's happening and people are turning out or tuning out yeah and they're not reading it because it was like one of the last continuing
0: features. Yeah. Because I I, he I says the, as one of the features I, I, that was dropped. I didn't like <laughs> all, the, the, the the sort of the ninth Doctor rare stuff I read. I was I didn't love like it. It felt cheaper. It felt like they were cheaping out on it. Yeah, um, like I, I didn't mind the ninth Doctor myself,
1: but then again, I, I I read that as a trade after. I, yeah. I got, I got the collected version that came out like six seven years ago. So yeah. Um. And I, the last time I read one, when I used to get it, the last time I read one that I really liked was there was a two-part, might have been three-part, Twelfth Doctor story, where the Twelfth Doctor and Clara get involved in this incident at an Arctic base and accidentally run into one of the Clara splinters. Oh! Obviously now having full context for it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, the, the, the splinter um, really begins to freak out. Yeah. Because, of course, why the hell has someone showed up who looks exactly like her? And it, it becomes this, like, it's sort of a great idea of, like, yet there are still consequences for that. Like, there are still, you, there are women living their life throughout the universe that you created in, like, an instant with this one event, who still, even if they don't come across the Doctor, they they will, you know it's split across his timeline. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all going to show up prior to them being created in his timeline. Mm. So, you're probably going to meet other ones at some point as well. And they're probably going to freak out too. And it's like, that's a great idea. And it was a really cool little comic. But it was, it was mostly cool because they take the concept that it was like, yeah, the TV shows have moved on now. But
0: mm. imagine. <laughs> Give it ten years. And Big Finish will do six box sets about it. Um, <laughs> the Claras. Uh, Season 12.
1: It also might Clara have meets been...
0: Jago, not Lightfoot. And also Strax for reasons. It also might have been the X Men adventure stuff that was a tie in with the nineties TV show. Hmm. Yeah. Or um, or the Essential X Men reprints mm. that we got over here, that we still get over here, but yeah. At that point, the earliest ones I remember reading would have been. I was reading probably 95, 96, so they were reprinting stuff from 91, 92, like post Jim Lee, X-Men relaunch, mm-hmm. um, like post-Executioner's Song. Isn't, like, that, isn't uh, that weird to
1: think, that for a good chunk of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, if you wanted to read comics in the UK, US comics, you were reading way behind? Or you were going to somewhere that was important. Yeah. But then, like, there wasn't as many places for that. Just planet, and that's about it. Yeah, that's a weird thought. Um, so like I was, I was enjoying like early Ben Riley Spider-Man stories in the very late nineties, and it's like, little did I know this was already
0: done. Yeah, <laughs> been and gone. Yeah, because I remember I picked it up again in uh, not long after the first X-Men movie. Ah, the movie. Or just before film. the first X-Men movie, and they were post onslaught at that point. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was like 99 and they were reprinting stories from like 96, 97. So cl- um,
1: closest I got to recent releases in that kind of method for Ages was Ultimate Spider-Man and that was a couple yeah. year, that was a couple years late and they made it last longer by making the second story in a lot of them the Ultimate Spider-Man team-up. Yeah. Um so that that you know at least padded it out so they could they could
0: hold off issues for yeah. a while and everything. So there were um, a lot there are a lot more They're a lot closer now. I think they're about a year behind now. The UK collections. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're currently (laughs) I think they're currently reprinting the early or like the mid period age of X stuff. Okay. Uh, Dawn of X stuff. I mean, yeah. the the, the John McMahon-
1: I, I think in I think I think <coughs> in the modern day, those those versions of it mostly exist for people who just like want to save some cash. Yeah, because they're you just I mean? cheaper it's, than getting the individual issues. Spend, or... spend like four pounds yeah.
0: on three issues of a comic in one issue, and it's like fair yeah, enough. Little mini trades. Um, yeah. But the, um, also the titles rotate in and out in terms of like what's part of the range that you can yeah. be you can be getting one thing that's like reprinting these three titles and then. That Ends and then you can't pick those titles up anymore. anymore
1: yeah, you know. I mean, I, I didn't hate that with summer, but one of my favorite versions of that was uh, mighty will the Marvel when they started doing that again in the early 2000s, yes, because uh, that goes
0: back that as a title goes back to like the 70s,
1: yeah, and, and they sort of used it the same way, it yeah, like yeah, starring it, it, So the it, it was called mighty will the Marvel starring Daredevil and the Incredible Hulk, yeah, yeah, because they would prioritize at, at first it was the third strip was a Daredevil or Incredible Hulk strip. Yeah. And the the first two say strips. Like the first two books out of the three that was in each one was an event one. They started with Contest of Champions 2. Oh Jesus. So that that was what they began with and and I had a lot of fun with that. That was like my first sort of exposure yeah, to that. Yeah, that's idea a deep battle put, though, isn't it? It's it's fucking great. It's it's the one where it's the one where, like Storm is absolutely kicking Thor's arse. And yeah. then Thor wins her over like, by charming her. Yeah. They have a conversation, he gets in close, they kiss, and he just drains all of the lightning out of her, because mm. <laughs> he's like, I'm the god of thunder, motherfucker! There's just a spark between us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, oh my god, it's, it's such a great series. But, um, but yeah, so it's, and then after that, it became a, the first strip in the book would be a more modern story of something. Yeah. Yeah. The second one was always a seventies Daredevil reprint, and the third one was a seventies Hulk reprint, mm. and that was great for me because it was like, oh, what you're picking up is a nice like selection of different things, and and you get to experience different stuff. That's how I got to read Frank Miller's um, Daredevil run because it was oh, reprinted yes. in there over, over like a year and a half. Very nice, very very good. Very my nice. my first comic book, was
0: the Beano. Yeah, that was, that was yeah that, that was that was it. It was a weekly thing for years from like the age of five. I never I never got big into the Beano, or the Dandy for that matter. Um, I yeah, had a couple I of like, like I didn't like the dandy as a kid. I, had a I, couple I was of like
1: nah, Beano's characters are way more fun. Forget I, the cowboy eating a big bloody pie with
0: cow horns sticking <laughs> out of it. I'm not fussed about that. I had a couple of annuals. Like a lot of my early reading was like older annuals, the yeah. hardback annuals that like Grand Dreams and that did. So I had a bunch of Transformers ones, which had comics, which had comic reprints in. I had a couple of Fantastic Four ones, which had comic reprints in. I had a couple of I had a couple of Beano and Dandy ones. Um, I had a couple of the Ghostbusters ones, yeah, which had the old, like, 90s real, early 90s real Ghostbusters strips in, um, yeah, so that that was also a lot of my early reading. Um, fun. Fun. It's good stuff. It's good, yeah. Um,
1: it was, it was that, and it was that, Justice League comics, mm. um, but when, when was Justice League out? The first... The Justice League... Um, JLA cartoon. When did that first come out? Oh... It was like 99, maybe? Yeah, around the turn of the century. Because that, that was... I had I had a good chunk of, of that around that time. Like, yeah. annuals and stuff. And that was fun, too.
0: But yeah, that was a lot of my... Alert. So I had a good mix of, like, American superhero-y stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, British comedy, British sci-fi stuff. Bit of 2008-D. Had a couple of two thousand A D annuals. Yeah. Um, so that had, like, Slain and ABC Warriors and Judge Dredd in it. Uh, that kind of weird. So it was a good mix. Um, yeah. Why are all of our artists really fucked up? <laughs> Why
1: does all the stuff over here look really creepy?
0: That's what it is to be British. <laughs> uh, some thags, future shock, all that good stuff. Um, anyway, uh, TV this week. Yeah. What happens? Well, first of all... Um, Let's do Rick and Morty first, because we can briefly talk about you it. You would say that. Uh, because I'm a decoy. Because you're a decoy. That was... I think this... <laughs> multiplicity um, That's what it's called. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, it's a great example of what the series does when the series works best, where it takes a sci-fi <laughs> concept and just... Plays it out to its most extreme conclusion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when you think it's gone all the way, all as far as it can, it keeps going. Yeah. Oh, good. I mean, it's the most Red Dwarfy episode of Rick and Morty yeah. I think we've ever had as and well. It's when the show just sort of continues to extrapolate a sci-fi idea as far as it possibly can, and then goes further. It that's when it works best as like a deconstruction of sci-fi tropes, and I think this episode was a really good example of that, and also funny as well. Oh, God, yeah.
1: For those who for those who don't know, plot basically is uh, family, you know, the, the, everyone at Rick and Morty, they're all having a great time. The Smiths are having a lovely dinner or whatever. And then they get murdered by some aliens. Yeah. And then uh, an alert sounds off to a completely different Rick and a completely different set of the Smiths that their decoys have been killed by aliens, so they've got to prepare for it. Yeah. And then it just keeps happening and keeps happening. Until one of the families realises that they made decoys and those decoys have made decoys. And that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of that house and that family around the
0: United States. nested levels of decoys. Just
1: so many decoys. And it just keeps going. Like, it never lets up. You don't... You don't begin the story with characters that you end the story with. Or do you? And anyone who's too deep into the continuity of Rick and Morty, which they are now openly mocking, if you are. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Like, by the end of it, will be like, which Rick and Morty are we up to? But it doesn't matter. It honestly yeah. doesn't fucking matter. It does not matter. It is well funny. And it's the fact that you get to, you get the alternate decoys because eventually they they run out of materials. Yeah, or the or, or the decoys that have been made by decoys that have been made by decoys that are like rejected or hidden or in the woods. Or the, like the sort of
0: that. the 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 technology <laughs> and art becomes corrupted as it goes further yeah. down the line.
1: The puppet ones.
0: It's so good.
1: The, the, the Pinocchio style ones with the electronic voice boxes, including that post credit scene with the Jerry one. Oh my I, god, it's so disturbing.
0: They, I I think I've probably laughed more during this episode than I have since season 1. That do you know it's what? It's so funny.
1: Last series had some of had some of the best ones since it began and this series so far is now 2 for 2. It's because they're taking and their time it, with it and also it's because they've gone back to that series 1 mentality. Yeah. Like I'm not saying series 2 or 3 isn't good, like it is, but there's something about series 1 where it's just we just want to present some fucking weird ideas yeah. and have fun with them. It's like but I say, last, you... last year, the, the, hei- the last series, the heist episode oh, is a, of the same level. It's that thing of just, we're taking a concept and going, wait, the Vat of Acid episode.
0: <laughs>
1: which which I love that we all call it the Vat of Acid episode, when that really is just like a fraction of why that's a good episode. Yeah. But it's just what it's called, but it, oh my God, just, yeah, this was, and it never held, it never lets up. There's no
0: breathing room in this one. It's just 22 solid minutes of we're going to make you piss yourself. Yeah, it just keeps going. Oh, my God. Every time you think you've reached a climax, it just keeps going. Oh, man. It's really smart stuff. Mm. Um, I think also it's because Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon have sort of stepped back. And let more writers have yes,
1: at it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, There's even there's even sort of a nod to that in this. There's a bit where you think the epi- about two minutes in the episode outright just says to you that it's actually an interdimensional cable episode. Yeah. And then interdimensional cable begins. We get one advert and then they move on. <laughs> it's like it's almost them going. Yeah, we're not going to keep doing that. We're not going back to our well. Like there's more people, which is which is exciting because a lot of these writers are now moving on to to work on bigger stuff. And yeah. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, Siobhan Thompson's written one this series as well from uh, formerly of College Humor. Um, that wouldn't yeah, surprise me. Is. Yeah, she's written one. So it's like it's it's just you know the, the the level of sort of talent that they're bringing in now is expansive and, and playing around with it. Oh, she's a staff writer, so oh, so they, yeah. So they brought in comedy writers to, like to basically hash everything out now.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering if she's actually worked on any specific episodes, or she's a staff writer. In well general. no, she, she's mentioned on Twitter that there's one that's her one this series that's her baby. That might have been hers then, we don't know. Um Uh Childrick of Mort, Star Mort Rick Turner the Jerry, <laughs> she worked on for last season. <laughs> and yeah, she's worked on both of the first ones. Hey. Both of these ones for this season. So yeah, it's it's like it's 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 just it's good. If you if you've never been fussed about Rick
1: and Morty or or like many folks, you've just been put off by its fandom. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't even trip dog don't the worry about has it the
0: show active contempt for the more toxic elements of its fandom yeah it's which very, I fucking it openly
1: love. hates them um, like last year with the, the narrative train one they make a big point point. Yeah, and like fuck off yeah. and then at the end of the series knowing those people have gone away they're like right Tammy and Phoenix person let's finish that <laughs> Yeah, have <laughs> they gone? Right, let's give you one of the things they wanted, but only because we have a good story about a father daughter relationship in the middle of it instead.
0: Phoenix person, um, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, you should have hunted me. I <laughs> <laughs> with just no explanation just yeah. random subplot. What the? <laughs> what? What? And then it just goes. It just carries on. Yeah, it just throws you this thing and then just carries on. Uh, There's no need for
1: it. There's no. It's not important. It's a throwaway joke. Here we go. Just yeah, I loved it. Um, also, caught up on Harley Quinn this week, which was uh, a ton of fun. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't um, watched
0: more Harley Quinn. I need to get back on that it's, train. It's the
1: the Riddler University episode.
0: It's yeah. It's mm, mm. The, 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 so uh, At Ridley University. We I,
1: earned our crime degree as as a. They have all the best. They. Matt, they have the cleanest. They have the cleanest running water and electricity in, in all of Gotham, in all of New Gotham. Matt, that's why you need to enrol. That's why you have to enrol. Okay, sure. Um, so they uh, I, I, purely as a performer, Alan Tudyk is the MVP of that show. I mean, Kayla Kurko is incredible as Harley and, and getting getting off the ground and making it work. I mean, Alan Tudyk is is great in pretty much everything he pops it pops up in, isn't he? in. In this, as Clayface oh my god
0: <laughs> okay
1: oh my god I mean Tony Hale's Mr. Psycho is pretty damn funny as well but just like just 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 Alan Tudyk is Clayface in this and, and Clayface's undercover persona at the university who's basically just like every character from Mean Girls rolled into one and it's just like this is phenomenal like this is some phenomenal Performance going on here, especially because he still finds a time to do that, like that over-dramatized delivery Clayface has. Yeah, where he's you know talking like this and then in- <laughs> manages to still slip that into her character in some places. It's oh, it's great. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's it's horrible and really violent and
0: funny. That is good.
1: Um, so yeah. Uh, uh God, what else? Modok. Uh, I'm still I'm still on the Modoc train. I've not
0: watched any more Modoc.
1: Um. It's mostly fun now because the, it, <laughs> the strength of the performers is what's keeping me really on board. I mean, that is the... Yeah, the cast is, is what brings me... Is Bob, don't ben ben Schwartz as his son is yeah. the reason why this week's is my favourite episode of the run so far. Because he accidentally falls into uh, the trash can in Modoc's office uh, that is a portal to Asgard. Because every now and again he randomly throws shit in there that he doesn't sure. like. Um, because he knows it'll freak freak out the <laughs> the less Midgard familiar Asgardian. Sure, so like someone gets killed by a photocopier landing on them, and an entire war faction is set up in the woods, preparing for the return of this creature that murdered. Like it's that's a script. But Ben Schwartz as his kid drops in and becomes part of like an entertainment empire in the middle of this troll encampment. Sure. Just. And Schwartz and Patton Oswald bouncing off of each other and being very funny. <laughs> I need to I need to give another chance because it's just, the first two episodes just
0: weren't funny enough.
1: It's weird because it sort of it starts and you go, oh my god, it's like Harley Quinn, and yeah. it's like, oh no, it's it's a sitcom, it's a family sitcom, and like a lot of this family is
0: sitcoms, weird. it's not funny enough. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I, was, I finished
1: episode one like, do I want to carry on with this? But episode two was ready at the time, so I was like, well, oh, I'll watch mm. one more, and and it sold me a little more. And as it's gone on, the sitcom element has weirdly become my favourite part because it, it just feels enjoyably weird that it's even in this setting. Yeah. Like it's like why is it here? Like why are we watching a family sitcom? God damn it they've got me. they got mm. me now. <clears throat> Curse you especially because like Modok's daughter is just another Modok. Yeah. It's never really explained why she is also a giant floating
0: head. <laughs> well she was born with a big head.
1: was she she born with a big head. head and just little support limbs, chair. You know? Um a And also the action sequence. There's a fight sequence in episode five? Between um, Modoc and uh, Monica Rappaccini, which is uh, you know the scientist supreme, yeah, yeah, which is fucking brilliant. Like it's it's proper sort of oh you guys have been waiting to do an action sequence, haven't you? Mm. Like it's it's just like this is this is brilliant and again bizarre sci- It's best compared to a Rick and Morty sci-fi fight, you know. Where it's just different people pulling out different types of weapons and, and yeah, that kind of fight. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's just. It's weird that my only completely nitpicky issue with it is now, is like, how are they going to legit do MODOK at some point in something? Because I think everyone's going to associate it with this style of of humour now. Because Square Enix's Avengers did a pretty decent take on MODOK in its story mode, but like, it was a (laughs) shit shit game, so it's never really going to live up to anything. Um, That being said, I read The Unbelievable Gwenpool, Volume 1 last week. And he's played for laughs in that. So I I think Modoc is often played for laughs because he's so fucking
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, but I like it when they
0: make him creepy. I do like it when they make him creepy, creepy. So. I I can't wait. I'm torn. (laughs) I can't wait for the inevitable next wave adaptation when we finally get the Elvis Modocs. So. Have you seen the toy? No. Fuck.
1: Right. No. So, so, uh... No. Uh, I don't even know. I have no context for Next Wave. I have no context, no, for, no, context no. for Elvis Modoc. I don't know no, why. No, Next Wave. I've not read it. Despite it
0: being written by Warren Ellis, so... Uh, yeah. Then it is yeah. Very, it's very good. Also, it's a Monica Rambo story. Well, she's a major, major part of the cast now.
1: So, uh, so Hasbro announced, uh, a Next Wave, uh, Elvis Modoc. Modoc. Oh! Believe. Oh! So let me show you the packaging first, because the packaging absolutely sums it up. So... I love it so. Is um, so the inside of the packaging? Oh, I want it. it. Is, and it's done like an amp case. I want it. Uh, it comes with I like got yeah. It comes with the captain as well. Yeah. Okay. So action figure of the captain, which yeah. is just a Peter B. Parker body mold reused, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and there's Elvis Modoc. Oh. Look at him. Oh. Look oh. At him. He's
0: got the
1: shades. He's got the hamburger laser.
0: <laughs> oh, it's
1: so good. And the, good. the comments are full of all the people like. Fuck this. Was like my Star Wars vintage series? Da la la la, It's like, nope. oh, shut up and buy nope. your Elvis mode Get your
0: Elvis mode up. Can we also talk about
1: the leaked Spider Man Far From Home figures and how I fucking hate both costumes? No. I hate them. I hate them. They look fine. I think they look awful. I think they look really, 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 really bad. And that's my two cents. I like the Doctor Strange figure, though.
0: Yeah. I think it looks really good.
1: Um, the Jameson figure is weird. That one leaked too, but Hasbro I haven't put out their official pictures of it yet. Well, they're cowards. Um. <laughs> Oh, I got my I got my um, Captain America wave this week. Oh, that's anyway, nice. My, my Disney Plus wave arrived. It's
0: really good. Speaking of Disney Plus, spoilers from what this we point did on. There? Spoilers <laughs> from this point on for episode four of Loki because some shit goes down in this episode. Oh, so if you haven't yeah. seen episode four of Loki, go and watch that before you listen to this. Spoil. This is your last spoiler warning. We're going to spoil the episode straight away. Everyone dies. Well, you say that. <laughs> Fucking Mobius gets pruned.
1: Yeah, well, um, although he'll be back. That well, that's the thing, isn't it? After, even after, we, after the
0: after the post credit scene, I don't know if Eddie if I believe well, in even that even before the post credit scene when they kill off Mobius, so I'm like, yeah, he'll be back.
1: At the same time, I was, I kind of hope he isn't. I kind of hope Loki's case is unique. But I don't, I don't think it is because I have a feeling <laughs> that everyone who gets pruned is eventually brought back. To work for the TV, yeah, possibly. Possibly. Um, and the Loki's
0: just seem to have found like a separate little, yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, but all because, of course, what happens towards the end of the episode is our lo- our quote unquote Loki gets pruned. Yeah, the, the, in the, ta- the, middle the of... title Loki of the show gets in pruned. In the middle of declaring his love for Sylvie, which is a great, like, how
1: fucking. I wonder if it is romantic love or whether it's self love. I'm wondering what that's, it is. Well, that's the thing, yeah. it's
0: narcissism.
1: Yeah, yes, which is very interesting. He's essentially fallen in He's love very with himself. Loki. <laughs> um, um, also yes, yeah, Sylvie so like, I, I, yeah. I read into it after you explained a bit to me last week and I'm like yeah so it, it is Loki but they're using traits from the
0: Enchantress the, the, or the, the new incha- the second Enchantress the second yeah.
1: Enchantress to sort of okay I'm, I'm down with that I'm
0: down with that yeah because we also get a flashback at the beginning which is the uh, original apprehension by Renslayer of, yes. of Sylvie um, at a very young age like super young, yeah,
1: and and that's that's uh, I think that's something that's been misinterpreted online, and I hope I'm hope that um, this theory's proved wrong. But a lot of people have said because when she says Sylvie says to her when they're going to the timekeepers, yeah, like so why what was what was my nexus event like what 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 was I yeah that made me wrong and had to be pruned and she's like I don't even remember a chunk of the internet I've interpreted that as because she was a
0: girl. It's like I don't think that's what it's gonna be. I don't know. I think. I do not think that's what it's going to be. I think if it is, I think it's a good way of showing how fucking petty the TVA are, or or
1: and like, Rens- uh, R- 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 whatever she's up yeah. to. But like, but what? Hmm. I I would need to see more as to for, for me for me to buy that. I'd need to see more as to why yeah. it would be that case. We'll see. Because I, I that's what she seems to believe. I'm kind of hoping that we. I'm kind of, Maybe it's just because I'm so sick of like looking at the not my doctor culture yeah. at this point that I'm just like no when we meet all these other Lokis in proper next week can we have Lokis of all genders shapes sizes ethnicities please can we just have them yeah. all
0: so that it's just like it's a freaking multiverse well, that's assuming why we... would they all be a dude that's assuming we are going to meet more Lokis because why we do well, we, uh, we, we do meet four we, we do meet four in these <laughs> in this post the first post-credit scene of the series and we get finally get Richard E. Grant
1: Yes, we um, yeah as 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 credited as classic, yeah, Loki. You know, classic Loki, boastful, boastful Loki, Loki which is which is the kid massive Loki. dude with the fur collar and the hammer and the hammer,
0: um, and kid, they, Loki. kid Loki, kid Loki, fucking kid Loki, um, but, one of my favorite characters from modern comics, and also, yeah, and kid Loki and classic Loki look like they've just walked out of the comic, yeah, like Richard E. Grant in his fucking sixties Loki outfit looks like he's walked out of a Jack Kirby book, and I'm just. I've not got around to it yet, just but him I, I want to make that to screen grab my desktop to Wanda and
1: Vision in the Halloween episode, and, uh, and, and, and Pietro in the Halloween episode of Vision. I'm like, they, they turn around to everybody who's grown up with these characters and go, you shall be fed.
0: I love it. We shall feed you. But also, if you want someone to play like a conniving 60s style loke who'd you get? You get Richard D. Grant. Yeah. Oh, God. It just looks... <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> I just... And the alligator with the little horns. alligator with a Loki helmet on—is it Kid Loki's pet or is it an alligator Loki? Who could say? Who knows? We're gonna
1: find out. But with um, Kid Loki arriving as well, yet another member of the modern Young Avengers. Yes. Yet another one. Like, okay, we know American yeah. Chavez is on the way. Like, we've got
0: versions of Billy and Tommy. Like, we've you know they you know, were presumably pa- going to play a bigger part in Multiverse of Madness because Patriot exists. Or the character who becomes Patriotist. Yeah, in we're getting and Kate Bishop soon in Hawkeye. Yeah, um, we have um, Stature,
1: who's not always in the Young Avengers, but like we have. I don't there. think she's found a member, yeah, but she turns up later. So it's like okay, I I see what you're uh, you're you're putting stuff out there
0: for potential
1: future things.
0: Yes, not necessarily definite, but potential. Which like, they are I good at. They're, they're good at like putting stuff there they can yeah. use later. Uh, or oh, not you. Really, who was it who did the Young Avengers run from about five, six years ago? Oh, Kieran uh, Gillen. Yeah, oh, Kieran Gillen and uh, good, it's Jamie. Just, it's just
1: a one year, like 12 issues. it was, it was issue like 14 art. issues or something like that. It was so just, good. Yeah. So, really good. so good. Which is whole really yeah? <laughs> yes. Hey. Um, yes. So, what else? Uh, so, yeah, Sylvie is really good hand to hand combatant
0: yeah well that action she sequence gets, in the timekeeper and, mm. and also the reveal that the time the reveal so much going on in this episode the reveal that the Timekeeper's uh, fucking wizard of oz style automatons specifically wizard of oz because you can barely understand what the fuck they're
1: saying yeah well like, yeah it's that much of an automated voice like Well the, the two of
0: them are alright but the one with like, the walrus face is a bit like yeah <laughs> but I also love how they looked like so yeah. I was like oh my god that's CGI but that's nice CGI but it Hang
1: on, no, it looks a little ropey when it did that, when it moved that way, and it's like, oh yeah, because it's a robot. Revealing that it is ropey, like it's it's all
0: bullshit. Do we think this is Kang?
1: I'd say it's too late in the game to do that. But two things: one, if this were a movie. And they've just they've just aped the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. We're about to enter the third act. Yeah. We've entered the third act. Well, there's act. two
0: episodes left. Yeah. You could very easily
1: act. be like, and here's what's really going on. Well, that, that's With two, two episodes gonna to go. Like, yeah. We're going to so, find out what's really so going on. introducing a new character <clears throat> wouldn't necessarily be uh, a misstep. It might be a little unsatisfying because you kind of want there to be a reveal of some kind that makes you go, oh, of course, and connect all the dots from what's happened so far. But like... I, I'm not against there being an, an an overseer who's been doing the whole thing. For, and also, they've confirmed this is season one. So maybe we won't get an answer. Or we do, because they have room to expand later if they wish. Mm, that's true. Um, and also, we know that Kang is showing up
0: in Quantumania, which isn't for another two years. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, if you don't see Kang, but they set him up. Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't be surprised me if like they set
1: him up and then they just whip out their kang dick at the last <laughs> second and go here's a bit of him. Anyway, see you in the movies in two years, motherfuckers. Yes. Like because we had that with um, Thanos, didn't we? Like we had his, that's true. his cheeky grinning face and then we didn't see him that's again for true. three. years. Well, we saw two years Guardians and then three years um, setting up what's happening and they played the long game with that. Yeah, I just. And to if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna follow Thanos, then you don't necessarily have to top. Um, the, the the story arc of 23 movies. Yeah. But you have to at least go, right, which Avengers villain is significant enough that it could be an interesting arc going forward? Oh, their most recurring
0: villain, Kang the Motherfucking Conqueror. Maybe they go with Immortus. The Do they? Who is, an, who is an older version of Kang. So, oh god,
1: so they 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 build layers upon layers upon layers. Set up Kang and then set up that Kang is much worse later and that's a bigger threat even yeah. to Kang. Yeah. That could work. That could absolutely, absolutely. work. Um, God, what else? Mobius piecing it together was wonderful and him trying to feel out Renslayer a little and, and you know, pro. Well,
0: also, comics Renslayer has links to Kang.
1: Yeah, oh, very, they're very close. <laughs> yes. um, but I mean, just the scene where he's talking with her and it's just that whole little thing of Loki's now told him what he believes is that you know, you are all it's, very. Yeah, and like, I like, believe Sylvia. I absolutely believe her. And Mobius is dismissive of it. And then thinks about it. And he looks... At, like, when, uh, when Renslayer's... When she's signing the the paperwork and using the pen from the other episode. Yeah. And you sort of see Mobius kind of looking at it and just thinking about, like, you know, these souvenirs. Yeah. Like, are they... Are they just things from cases, really? Or are they from colleagues? Or... Okay, this is interesting. The mention that... um. Sasha thingies, uh, Sasha Lane, her character from last week is dead. Yeah. She's been bumped off off screen. Um, And the whole thing of like, oh, what happened on the enchantment killed her? And it's like, we've not seen that happen. No. That's weird. For good reason as Um, well, yeah.
0: Who's our other uh, C thingy? B-15. uh, B-15? Yeah. I don't know if she's alive or not by the end of this. I think she just gets knocked out. Because you don't see her get pruned.
1: But we do know that she has a full life. She's had a full life. Yeah. I've, I've and that back scene back is be- that scene in the
0: rain outside Rock's cart is beautiful.
1: Yeah. Like, it's really
0: haunting. I like that you don't see her life. Yeah. You just see her reacting to seeing it. Yeah. Like, um, that's
1: horrifying enough because she's suddenly been hit by this realisation. Uh, Wunmi, uh, Masaku. She's great. She's, she's really, really good in this. Um, so, you have that. And then, Mobius being pruned. Yeah. The way it's built to, and the way that he has that moment where he's like, yeah, I, he frees Loki from his prison, which we'll get into in a second, where he's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I believe you. Like, let's look into this. They leave, and Renslayer's already there with some TVA guards. Yeah. And he can tell that Mobius is either, he's going to he's gonna take one or two steps. He's either going to blag their way out of this or attempt to, or just be open. And he chooses to be open. Yeah. And talks about how, like, you know, maybe he used to own a jet ski or whatever. I mean, it's
0: Owen Wilson, of course he owned a jet ski.
1: Yeah, which which is like, ah, uh, and then gets pruned before he even gets to finish the thought. Yeah. It's like, that is horrifying. And, like, part of me hopes they stick to it, because how genuinely upsetting would that be if that is the last we see him in this series? It would really add to the fact that, like, what the hell is going on and how ruthless it has been. Yeah. Like, I kind of don't want to see him again, but everyone's assuming that he's in an imaginary uh Dimension with freaking um, <laughs> with Lightning McQueen. All these
0: are the Owen Wilsons. Now that
1: we're here to tell you about the Owen Wilson Initiative. Wow. <laughs> the world, the world of
0: Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Wow. I don't think we're going to top that. I think that's a good place to end. <laughs>
1: it's like a kick in the balls from Lady Sif which um, one did you um, I've got to mention oh that God, quickly. Yeah, Lady Sif. Really quickly so Loki, Loki's interrogation prison oh God, yeah. to essentially not not just to cause him pain but to lead him to self reflect and open up which he does Yeah. is a looped moment of a flashback where he got caught by Lady Sif after having cut her hair while she was asleep and she walks up to him basically tells him he's alone and a pig knees him in, slaps him in the face and then knees him in the balls and then walks off and then that moment keeps looping. Yeah. <laughs> Except for him. So the pain is continuous. That was wonderful. It was also fucking wonderful to see Jamie Alexander again as Sif.
0: I'm just glad she's not stuck in the blind side still. <laughs> well, blind not, spot, not the blind I, side. I love
1: the fact they've confirmed as well that she is in Love and Thunder.
0: Yes. And it's like, yes, we're going to get
1: more ladies. So this is like just a little, hey guys, you remember Lady Sif? Yeah, you've freaking forgotten, haven't you? Here she is.
0: She back, baby. Lady
1: Sif, who has now appeared in two of the television shows, one hey, of which is no longer the... canon. Well, yeah, James Gunn threw a spanner in the works, didn't he? He, he said that all the stuff pre-Disney Plus now is potentially not canon. Yeah, um, and it's like, oh, okay. It's even weird that you'd say that. Like, he seems pretty chill online overall. It's weird that he would sort of put like a line in the sand there, unless he knows something we don't about some going forwards. Of course, he does.
0: He's James Gunn.
1: Yeah, he writes. I, I,
0: I mean, I
1: understand them decanonizing everything pre-Disney Plus if
0: there's stuff they want to use I, that they have a different plan for. It was also already dubiously canon because it was so loosely tied. Like as MCU Shield went on, it got further and further removed from what was going on in the main MCU. But then again, do you know, what you could
1: always do. You could always claim that all those shows took part, place in a different timeline. Yeah. So you could always be like, "Oh, Daredevil, it was a different timeline." Yeah. But don't worry, here's Charlie Cox playing him in our project.
0: Well, you, you know, I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but apparently. John Bernthal's rep- returning for the Moon Knight show.
1: Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah, oh, yeah, we finally had the confirmation this past week that Oscar Isaac is Moon Knight. Yeah. Because like, they've still they not put a statement out, but he has posted a photo of him, like, with the designs and stuff and some of the, the art and everything uh, as, like, an Instagram post with, with the hashtags Moon Knight and everything, mm. like, hello, Mark Spectre or whatever. It's like, okay, so Oscar Isaac is officially in Moon Knight now after all the speculation. Um... Because, yeah, we, we sort of live in an age now where sometimes they don't even confirm stuff. Like, if the rumour mill is either correct or too murky, yeah. they don't bother confirming it. They just wait to drop a trailer on it, which I, do you know what, kind of prefer. I kind of prefer them holding everything back until we see a trailer. To me, that's more interesting. Um, because I like to be genuinely surprised. It's fun to speculate.
0: It is fun to speculate. But,
1: like, I like, I like to not go-along-believing rumours. Like, I still don't know for sure about Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Um, that being said, do you see Kevin Feige made sort of throwaway joke in an interview about, like, someone said, so what, you know, where are we going to find out more about No Way Home, whatever, and he, he said something along the lines of, like, ask Alfred Molina. Yeah. And it's like, that seems like a sort of, you know, a, jo- a jokey dig at, at that, but it's like, is this a play as well? Is this a play as well? Like... Is Alfred Molina not actually involved and you've all come up with a cover story for a Shits and Giggles based
0: off the rumours? Like, what is going on? Um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's no no confirmation, but there are rumours flying around that... uh, Bernthal's back as post. I hope so. I I hope, I really hope that
1: even if the Netflix shows aren't going to resume as Disney Plus series or whatever at any point, I really hope that... You you don't you don't um you don't shit on the canon of them, but you at least sort of do you know what I mean? You let them be, yeah. But like you let them be their thing, so if people want to watch them and take them as canon. You know, big finish it. People want to take it as canon, they can. Yeah, it, it's not contradicted massively in the main thing, um. But also, if that's going to be the case, can we please have our main casts from those shows pop up in other stuff? Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Just, just because then it's just like a. There you go. Because also, also just in terms of groundwork, like if you want Matt Murdoch to make an appearance, why cast someone new and and you know have them settle into it when you can just go Charlie Cox come in and play Matt Murdoch in this in this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, um freaking Mike Coulter, have you got two weeks free? Great, because we want Luke Cage to make an appearance in this. Yeah, like. Chris, just have Kristen Ritter rock up. You know what I mean? Give give us some more John Burnthall. Like, I, I want my D'Onofrio, damn it. I want my D'Onofrio Fisk. Even if he's not a main player, you just have him in the scene. Mm. And you go, oh my God, there he is. Builds out the world, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, because even if you don't know those shows, it's like, oh, cool, Kingpin showed up in this, in this project. Even if it was for a minute. And I think you've, you've teased the idea that that can happen now by having... Um, you know, have it having Rhodey pop up in Falcon and Winter Soldier briefly. Yeah. and and having Sif cameo in
0: Loki. Like you can do this. So do it, you bastards. You can do it if you be and cue it. Um What? Also you can do it if you Big Damn cast it. Ah, uh, send us some more emails. big at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter at Big You can watch us at twitch.tv forward slash Big And of course, Keep the lights on. You can help us by giving us a little bit of cash uh, over at patreon.com forward slash big damn cast. Until next week, when we'll be talking about... uh, uh, will be. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, folks Because um, what are we seeing on Wednesday? Folks, get ready next
1: week for a spoiler-free and then spoiler-filled review discussion of
0: Black Widow! Starring Florence Pew 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 <laughs> pew, 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 pew Pew If she doesn't do that now, I'll be disappointed because you're so I'm upset. i am so upset <laughs> when it's it so fantastic. <laughs> right, god damn it. Um, yeah, so we'll show them. Yeah? Uh... Done yet? Yeah? Coraline. <laughs> <laughs> <Poor alarm. laughs> <laughs>